Hey love, what is up? Welcome to the Freenwell Show. So glad that you're here. Um, if we haven't met yet, my name is Devani. So good to meet you. And today on the show, I have Dr. May here. Literally, I can't wait to share this episode with you. If you are someone who struggles at all with slowing down, with taking breaks, with feeling that innate, like it's not even a really conscious thing sometimes, this innate drive to just be doing and going all the time, this episode is absolutely for you. So Dr. May is a licensed clinical psychologist. She owns and runs a practice here in San Diego, and I'm just so, so excited to share it. So if you're curious about her practice, um, and if you're curious about what her practice does and the people who she supports, definitely head down. There's more information there, and I'm just so excited for this conversation, and I know that you're going to find value from it. So Let's go ahead and dive on in. But actually, before we do that, if you haven't signed up for our January journaling challenge, I'm going to be doing these more frequently. And I asked what you guys were hoping for more of and how you wanted to really be served. And a lot of you said journaling challenges. So here we go. We're doing it. So January 10th through January 12th, I'll be running a, a, a journaling challenge and it'll be all centered around self-compassion. So if that's something that you really wanna journal into and increase and deepen in your life, head down, the link will be below. Hey, sweet friend, welcome to the Free and Well podcast. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Devani. I'm a therapist, a life coach, and a facilitator of powerful personal growth workshops. This show is a space for ambitious women who have huge hearts, who are always giving and serving others. I take a real talk, practical approach to helping you start being authentically and freely you through mental wellness and faith. So you'll hear about topics like self-acceptance, self-compassion, intentional action taking, and habit creation. If you're ready to start letting yourself be seen and heard and to start being authentically you, you are in the right place, my friend. My hope is that every episode, you'll walk away feeling encouraged and with practical tips you can start to implement in your life. And even though I'm a therapist, this show is for educational purposes only. Information from the show is not a substitute for mental health treatment. All right, my friend, let's dig in. All right. Hello, Dr. May. I'm so, so excited to have you here. So grateful. Um, and I'm so excited just to talk to you about this topic that I've been seeing so much on your Instagram. And I was like, I know that I need to have you on here to talk about this. So thanks for being here with me today. Yeah, of course. Of course. My pleasure. Um, yeah, this topic is, is so prevalent um, right now. I mean, ultimately prevalent all the time, but especially just with the extra busyness of, of this time of year to really allow some time for rest and stillness is, is an important thing for us to just keep an awareness around. So yeah, I'm excited too. Thank you. So tell me a little bit, I know you just shared, um, but tell me a little bit about like why you feel like this topic is so important. And I know it was like uh, it wasn't just like one post. It was something that you were consistently posting about and sharing on. And so why do you feel like this is something that's so important for us to talk about? 
I think quite honestly, because I found it coming up so much for myself and for my clients. So, you know, the last two years is, as far as in the therapy field, has been all about like the parallel processing, right? The therapists are literally experiencing the same things that the clients are experiencing in, in real time. So I, I think this was just another, another kind of example of, of that, that, you know, I'm seeing so much, you know, kind of busyness and, and task oriented and needing to keep doing all of the things all of the time. And then really seeing the, the reverse side of that, the suffering, the fatigue, the, you know, suffering in relationships, suffering in oneself um, and all of that type of stuff. So really figuring out, you know, what's an answer for that or what's something that we can implement or that we can focus a little bit more on, be more intentional about that can help ultimately really just reduce that suffering that I was seeing in my clients and, and quite frankly, you know, in, in myself, I mean, being a business owner and trying again to do all the things all the time, you know, and not really allowing myself that time for rest and almost like that, that guilt around stillness, right. Or, or, you know, that, that guilt can come in if we're not um, being productive in, in some given way form. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I think, especially what you just mentioned about the guilt, right. Cause not only is it like, okay, yes, we need to be aware and intentional about taking this time. But then it's also then that if we take the time, and I hear this so often as well, that there's this, just this guilt or the shame or just these negative feelings that come up when you do take that time. Yeah, abs absolutely. Um, guilt is a big one, um, like disappointment, feeling like you're disappointing someone else or something else or the system or work or your kids or whatever that might be at that time. Um, and then really just this this significant discomfort in, in sitting in, in that stillness or in allowing that, that time for rest. But yeah, guilt, guilt is a big one because we are pressured from so many different angles, you know, macro and micro, right. Kind of societal pressures. And then these, you know, our own pressures that we're putting on ourselves to, to just keep hustling, to keep grinding, to keep doing. Um, and, and that is not sustainable. I mean, that, that's, that's not a sustainable way of living. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you touched on that. Cause that was something that I wanted to ask you was like, why, why it can feel so difficult sometimes. And I think when you had mentioned before, you know, the people that you especially love serving, and I know that a lot of women in my community, um, struggle with those similar challenges as well as myself, which is this idea of like always needing to be going and doing and, um, you know, and so I think it's so, so important for us to reflect on like, why that can feel so difficult and it's not just something that's within us but like you said like there are other pieces that are adding to that to that weight and to that heaviness yeah there definitely are and and a lot of the work that I do with my clients is to kind of sit down and 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 sift through kind of where ultimately is is that coming from um, because so much of the time it feels like this intense pressure that we put on ourselves right this is this is just who I am like I've I've always been a doer I've always been a fixer I've always you know done all of these things um, and in, and when we view it in that way then it becomes something that's 
that that's unchanging about us. Like whenever we have that idea of this is just who I am, that's leaving like zero room for any change or growth. And especially if this is just who I am is causing so much suffering for the individual. So it's more of like, this is a part of who I am, or this is a tendency that I have. And in that way, we're able to kind of shift and change and be malleable and flexible in that way with that limiting belief about ourselves. But, but definitely from a, from a macro level, you know, the glorification of, of busyness, you know, the, the very, um, so much is, is task oriented or task dependent or so much of our, our, our worth or our, our value, right? Is kind of what, what is our job? How much are we doing? How much are we making? So the, the systems in and of itself that we're trying to live in are so accomplishment driven that it makes it really difficult to not be doing something that doesn't have a result. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just that, that idea in general, I was talking with someone about the idea of doing something with literally no objective. Like there's, there's no outcome, right? No outcome, no objective, but just being willing to do something just for the sake of doing whatever that is. And that can feel so unnatural. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very unnatural and very uncomfortable. Um, cause there's always, you know, it, it this feeling in the back of our minds, like, well, I, I could be doing something else right now, you know, and, and any of that type of talk or chatter or internal dialogue is really just preventing us from being, you know, present in, in the moment with, with what we are, you know, kind of able to, to enjoy in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I, I loved what you said, and I just want to make sure that I reiterate, um, just to make sure that people like really let it soak in this idea of, when we use that language of this is just who I am, right? Mm -hmm. And you described it so beautifully. It gives us no space for that to just be like, oh, well, this is something I experience sometimes. This is a tendency that I have, right? Yeah. When we use that language of like, well, this is just who I am. This is how I've always been. There, it, That feels very constricting, right? There isn't a lot of like flexibility in that. Um, and I think that's just so powerful just to start noticing our words around that instead right. of saying things like, well, this is just how I am. This is how it's always been. Um, just being intentional of when that's happening and then shifting over into like, these are, these are challenges that I experience, or these are tendencies that I have, or this is right. a part of who I am. I right. So and, and it really leads to those deep feelings of both helplessness and hopelessness, mm. right? If this is just who I am, then there's nothing that I can do to help myself. And if this is just who I am, then there's no hope for this aspect to shift or change in the future. And if we're talking about big, heavy feelings, right? Like guilt, I mean, hopelessness and helplessness are right up there um, with those. And so if, if that's if that's kind of what's driving, right? Or if, if that's kind of what's hanging out a residual kind of overlap of this, this is just who I am, um, then that's, you know, then that's a really unfortunate and uncomfortable place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also in that space, that isn't a space that encourages us to take action at all or to, to create change, right? Because when we're in that space of like feeling hopeless or helpless, it's like that, that feels very, very stuck there. Like we're not going to try to make movement from that space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, there, there's an acceptance part of this is a part of me, or this is a tendency mm -hmm. that I have, or this is a struggle that I have, like acceptance still needs to be there, right? Because we can't change or shift that until we're in a place of acceptance of, okay, 
for a little while, this is how I've been showing up or for, you know, the last, however many years of my life, you know, I've had a tendency to, you know, perform or be results oriented. So it, it, it's, a, there is an acceptance part of that that needs to happen instead of a, no, 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 I'm not like that. Like I'm able to relax or I'm able to rest, or that's not really who I am. So once we can kind of get into like a, you know, I accept that this is an aspect of my personality. This is something that I've been struggling with. This is a part of me, right? But there's also, uh, you know, other parts because we also don't want that part to completely go away, right? We don't want like the driven part, the dedicated part, you know, the, the, the growth part, all of that to go away. So it's more about, you know, not kind of being black and white in it. You know, it's kind of that light and, and the dark side, you know, that there's a benefit to that part of us that wants to keep going and keep growing. But there's also a hindrance of that when we get stuck in that space and that being the only option. I think that's just such a powerful reminder because I, I think a lot of people I can imagine, and I felt this in myself in various moments as well, just this idea of like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that at all. Like I want to completely get rid of it or, right. you know, things like, well, I just want to not hear that voice at all. I, right. right like I, mm-hmm. and so I, that's such a powerful reminder that like, there are helpful parts of that if we can accept it, acknowledge it. And then maybe like, I always picture things on a spectrum. And so it's like, if we just, if over, right, if over on this far side is this very, like, I can never rest. I'm doing things all the time. I have to do everything perfectly all the time. Um, Like, can we just scale it back a little, right? Like where on that scale would feel more helpful and just a little more open and creative for you. We don't have to hop off the scale completely or move to that opposite side, but like, where on that might feel more helpful. Yeah. And I always go, I always go like opposite action and then move forward. So if this is our initial tendency here, what's the opposite of that, right? Or what's the flip side of that? And then let's start moving backwards from there to find something that sits or that feels a bit more comfortable. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're, you know, acknowledging what the opposite of our action might be, and then being able to scale back for something, you know, that that feels more, um, more authentic in, in that moment. So yeah, it's kind of more in the middle area of that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you just said too. You're saying like what feels more authentic in that moment. Right. And I feel like so often, like when we are really tied up in the doing, in the accomplishing, in the doing everything perfect all the time, or trying to please people all the time, that's like definitely hindering our ability to show up authentically in any given moment. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause we're all, we're just, we're looking for the next thing kind of after, um, you know, and, and in those moments, I mean, we're missing out on, you know, on, on some of the desirable feelings we're missing out on the joy we're missing out on the pleasure we're missing out on the connection we're missing out on, on, you know, those, those things that, that we want so badly. Um, but this drive to always be, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, right. Is, is actually preventing us from, from having those moments of, of connection and joy and love and pleasure and, you know, and, and excitement. Mm, that's so good. Um, so on that note, I would love to know either why, why you feel like it's so important for us to start prioritizing this, like the letting go of the striving all the time and, you know, the perfectionism and those things like why, why does that feel so important for us to do? Why is that such important work? I think because ultimately it's, 
for me, you know, this, for the last couple of years have taught us anything. It's, it's to really kind of standing in, standing in our, our truth and, and standing up against, you know, systemic things that have been, you know, kind of in, in place for so long that literally have never served the majority of the population, but are, you know, are, are definitely not serving the major, majority of the population right now. So to me, it's almost like an act of of resistance or like an act of rebellion. Like there's this little part of me that's like, okay, like this is your expectation of what, you know, a white cisgender woman, you know, should be kind of in this world, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I'm going to take some of that power back. So I think that for me is, is what's driving it so much is that it's, it feels like an act of, of resistance, you know, I mean, just even you know, kind of human giver syndrome and in general, you know, the book burnout is, is one of my favorite reads and just all of the complex kind of um, uh, systems and things like that, that they go into in there. But this idea that, you know, women are supposed to be the, the givers, the nurturers, the sacrificing everything of themselves for, you know, the, the benefit of, of everyone else. And so it does kind of feel like a uh, I don't know, like a Glennon Doyle moment, right? Of like the the cheetah kind of thing, like taking back some of the power and, and being a bit um, rebellious in that way. And and the irony is, is that that taking the power back act isn't something, you know, that that that's big or you know that that's eventful. It's it's something that's that's quiet and still, and and the power in that. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. And tell me, like, what do you? just so much of what you just said is just so, so true and so powerful. Like just this idea of like, yeah, there's these expectations of how we're meant to show up and how we need to live our life. And even if we zoom out of the topic specifically that we're talking about, like thinking about those expectations, right. Just in general of like, yeah, like when people ask you how you are, your response should be busy, right. Because that's what everyone else is saying. And um, just thinking about those, those things that have become so normal and so common. And it, it, like you said, hundred percent feels right. Like you're, you're moving against the green at this point. If you're deciding that you're going to take time to yeah. not do anything or to rest or to do something that feels nourishing for you, or to just be more intentional with your time or to set those boundaries. Right. And it's like, when boundaries feel so uncomfortable, it's like, why does it feel so uncomfortable to tell people no, or to tell your work that you can't work more than 40 hours? Like, why is that the norm that, you know, that that should feel uncomfortable? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it feels, yeah, a little, uh, la resistance, if you would, in, in, in that way. Yeah. What do you feel like are some benefits that as we like continue to commit to this journey of getting more intentional. Um, what do you feel like are some, some benefits of that either that you've experienced or that you feel like will people will experience? Yeah, I, I think, um, being able to, you know, like I said before, being able to experience the emotions that we're so much yearning for, but we're not finding time to really allow and recognize because unfortunately they're not as, as glorified, right. As some of the other ones. So the things like joy and pleasure and excitement and playfulness and all of those types of things, right. Aren't as, you know, there, there aren't as many badges of honor for that as, as, 
as if we were, you know, suffering or pushing through or doing all the things or all of these accomplishments. So I think it does provide us with the opportunity to, to ultimately really experience those things that we're really yearning for on, on the inside. Um, and, and in addition to that, I think that it also allows time for us to get, you know, an intentional and, and authentic that we're not doing things just because we've always done them, or we're not doing things this way because we've always done it this way, or we're not just kind of following that, you know, automatic reaction or that habitual pattern that has been created just because we've been practicing it the most kind of over time. So allowing ourselves to, to try something different that actually might feel more authentic and genuine, you know, than, than the other ways that we're showing up in our lives. So for me, it also allows space for, for curiosity, for the idea that things don't have to always be the way that they've been and that you know us being such evolving and growing you know organisms in and of ourselves to really allow space for that and to be intentional about what direction that's growing in that's so true and I think it it can create such a stuck and just almost like um just very discouraging space when we get caught in that idea that like it has to be how it's always been or that how I am right now, how I show up in my life is how it will always be, or maybe the circumstances or maybe. Um, and so I love that idea of just like, as you start stepping into this more of this rest and this stillness, that it creates the space for you to really reflect on like, what is it that I'm actually like needing more of, or what is it, what, what are some other opportunities or possibilities um, related to how I show up for my life or really anything, but it just creates that space. Yeah, absolutely. Because if we're going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, there's no space in between to, to reflect or to really take in that experience or to really decide if that's an experience we want to do again, or if there's something we want to change about it next time, it just, you know, becomes so, so robotic and, and automatic. And, you know, a lot of us, unfortunately, are living our lives at, at that, at, at that level, you know, just kind of do, doing the things that we've always done, because that's, what feels the most familiar and that's what, um, you know, what we've practiced the most, you know, one of the things is as far as, you know, the stillness and the settlement aspect of things that, that I, that I like is this idea that we have to kind of unlearn the way that we've been showing up right up until now, and then learn like a new way to kind of show up. So it's not, you know, it's not, okay, just do it, like just rest or just find a moment to be still or just, you know, and, and I think that we have to make sure that we're not presenting it in a way where it's like, okay, just do this thing, right? And then you're going to feel better because then there are those of us who that thing doesn't feel normal and maybe I'm not really good at it at first. And then that makes me feel like there's something right wrong with me or broken within me or why, why can't I just rest or why can't I just be still, right? This doctor's here on this podcast telling me to just take five minutes to be still. And it's like, I, I can't, you know, type thing. So there, there is an unlearning process that has to happen. And the compassion that we have to have with ourselves during that unlearning process is really, really essential in order for, you know, for any of this to, to be able to be something that we implement long-term. So the, the unlearning of showing up the way that we have in the past, and then the learning of this new way that feels more authentic and genuine and intentional and finding this time for for stillness. So I just, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about all of these really great ideas and, and themes and things like that, but I just want to make sure that, you know, that it's, 
it's not, you know, just do this, right? And 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 then it's going to change everything for the better. I mean, even even this takes work, right? Even being still takes work in that way because we're unlearning those old patterns of behavior and learning something that feels more authentic to us in the moment. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, just such a great reminder. And I think that's why it can be so helpful to have someone walking beside you, right? Because it can be really, really hard. Um, and definitely, and I, and I love what you said too, about the need for that acceptance and the need for that compassion along the way. Um, and I think there's this misconception around acceptance that, well, if I accept that about me, then it's, it's not going to change. Right. But it's like, that acceptance is so important. Like we have to come to that space of being aware of something and accepting that that is what it is right now. And then, like you said, that compassion, and that's something that I've been practicing in my own life and just trying to really practice more of. And it's just so, so important. Like, cause it's tough. Like it is, <laughs> it is not easy living and trying to be intentional and trying to like unlearn and learn new ways of being that is like deep and difficult work and so that compassion is just so necessary um if it's going to be somewhat enjoyable and if we're going to keep going right because if we're not compassionate it is not going to be sustainable for us to continue doing that work yeah, I mean, we're just going to get so frustrated so quickly and, you know, just think that this is just one more thing that we can't do or, or one more part of me that's that's broken um, or not functioning in, in that way. So, yeah, the acceptance, you know, and I love what you said about just the misconceptions on acceptance, you know, that somehow acceptance is, you know, I'm I'm condoning something or I'm, I'm encouraging it by just accepting it or acceptance means that I'm, you know, kind of giving up in this way. But in reality, acceptance is really our, our first and most essential step to any type of change or growth because it's through the acceptance and then the awareness of that tendency and then shifting and changing that tendency as it's happening in real time. But if we're not even in a place of acceptance that that's something that's even happening for us, then we have no opportunity to, to grow or learn or to unlearn that thing. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And I, in relation to the self-compassion too, I think one of my favorite parts of self-compassion is this idea of, um, common humanity and that a lot of the things that we struggle with, and I know I've experienced this and I can imagine that a lot of other people have is something that can feel so difficult is when we're going through something and we feel like whether it's with rest and stillness, whether it's with anything else, and we feel like somehow we are the most unique individual on the planet and that literally no one else has been through that, right? Versus like, acknowledging and that's a huge part of self-compassion is like this is this is a, a human struggle like other people yeah like other people have gone through this are going through this like I'm not alone even if it feels that way um and so just another thing to keep in mind as you were giving that reminder of like it's just so important to remember that as well that yeah this you know it can be really helpful to have that support um and that there's nothing wrong with you if it feels really difficult um, and that you're not alone in that, that these are things that are really difficult, um, to address and that even, yeah. even professionals, right? Like even people who do this for work, like we are human and still struggle with these yeah. things. Like anyone and everyone struggles with these. 
Correct. Yeah. And being able, you know, and I love, I love what you said. And when you said that, I was thinking of this, you know, more of a, of a collective aspect of mm-hmm. things, you know, so much of the time we're just kind of in our own little world. We have those blinders on, you know, like the, the horses and horse racing have, you know, they're just like, they, you know, they're can't see anything around them, can't whatever. They just have their blinders on and their eye on the prize. And and kind of when we take those off, there is such an opportunity for, yes, compassion for ourselves, but also compassion and understanding for other people. And also this idea of, you know, collective healing that can happen through the sharing of experiences and the sharing of struggles and, and all of that type of stuff. So kind of a, a reminder, you know, and, and again, I mean, the last two years have been such a shitty time, but also a time for some great kind of lessons in that way that, you know, collectively, right, we're, we're better, um, we're better than individual, you know, that collectively, we can have more of an impact and being able to connect and really see, you know, the, the struggle in others allows us to really humanize the struggle within ourselves. And it, it's not a, it's not a fault. There's not something wrong with us. We're not weak. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, all of that type of stuff, but this is, we're just humans having a human experience and literally doing the best that we can managing some really heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So good. What do you think, um, like what were some of the, the points that you either shared or some of the really big points that you feel like are really important related to this topic? So it could be again, ones that you shared on Instagram or just ones that are coming up for you right now. Like, what do you feel like are some of the really important um, like encouragements or notes or, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, my, my favorite one to kind of use, and I use, um, in sessions a lot with my clients and also with myself, I mean, being, um, you know, I, I was an athlete, my, my whole youth. And then I played, you know, I was, I was a college athlete as well. So there was always kind of this, like this trophy or this win, or this, you know, kind of this, this goal that we were pushing towards. And, you know, that type of mindset is, is great at the time, but it doesn't, it doesn't exactly lead well or transfer well, right. To kind of to, to real life, because at the end of all of this, right, there's not this, this trophy for the one who did the most things, right? I mean, at the end of our, at the end of this, this life thing, you know, we don't get extra brownie points for, you know, having done all of the things all of the time. So I think, you know, that's a big one for me that, you know, kind of cheeky and playfully that, that I say to myself and my clients is like, there's no trophy. Like what would you, you know, how would you approach this situation or what would you do right now? If, if there wasn't recognition, if there wasn't a prize, if there wasn't, you know, a trophy at the end for all of the times that you pushed through that time, you know, where you sacrificed to, to kind of get that done. Um, you know, how would you show up differently if, if, um, if there wasn't that pressure or if no one was watching type thing. So just kind of that, that reminder, I think is, is really important. Um, Another big one is to work within the parameters of what works for you. So some, you know, again, a spectrum, some of us, you know, do like to have things planned, do like to have things scheduled, you know, do have the the calendar that's color coordinated that has, you know, the chime for the different things and all of, all of those things. And so, and then some of us are, you know, a bit more kind of go with the flow and, and whatever happens and, and that type of thing. So anywhere you are on that spectrum, kind of work within the things that work for you. So if you are someone that needs to plan or that does better with the schedule, 
literally plan time for stillness, like on your calendar, you know, five minute reminder, you know, to, to acknowledge yourself, to be present in the moment and to just be still, to do some deep breaths, to do some sort of, you know, meditative exercise in that moment. Um, so scheduling stillness, scheduling rest, you know, it, it, it can be really helpful for people. Um, or, you know, just kind of taking the moment at any given time and, and checking in with yourself if you have more of that, you know, kind of internal clock or alarm clock that's able to do that. But, you know, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with scheduling rest or stillness. You know, you're not doing it wrong. You know, I, I, I hear so much feedback all the time of like, well, I just want it to like, I just want it to come and I just want to be in this moment, you know, of, of. I'm going to be still right now. And it's like, it doesn't always work that way. Um, so if, if you're a scheduler and you like to have things planned, put it in your schedule five minutes before bedtime, five minutes when you wake up in the morning, during lunchtime, having a little alarm that goes off with, you know, how can you be still right now? Or how can you find time for rest right now in this moment? Um, so, so scheduling, if that's something that, um, that works for you, I think is, is another like helpful you know, cause so much that we just want to, I just want to be organic. I just want to be that person that just like lets things flow. And I just find the space for myself. And it's like, it, it's not, it, it's difficult for me to get to that part. So if, if being in places of stillness and rest is the goal for me, or is the most important is my intention, then I'm going to figure out how to put that into places, you know, in systems that I already have in place. Yeah, that's so good. And full transparency, like I literally in my calendar still will schedule like on Saturday, I put like fun. Like sometimes I still have to do that. Like right. there are seasons of life where I'm like, I need reminders that I'm not going to do anything for any purpose other than to enjoy myself. Right. And like, sometimes we need those reminders. And like you said, I love that. Just normalizing that, that there's nothing wrong with you. Like and maybe, maybe with some unlearning, you will get to that place where it comes more organically and maybe it's still not your personality type and you will yeah. still need to schedule it. And that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with either of those right. and that's okay. Yeah. Those are such good reminders. I love that. Um, do you have any, before we kind of start wrapping up, do you have any like, um, that was super tangible. Any other really tangible takeaways or like practices that you would recommend? I know that you recommended um, the book Burnout. So I'm going to put that down in the show notes and I'm going to read that myself. Anything else? Yeah, no, that, that book is, um, is phenomenal. It was very, very life-changing for me. Um, let's see some practical tools. We went over skillness can be um, scheduled. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be this big, doesn't have to be this big ordeal. Um, it doesn't need to be, you know, four hours of rest on a Saturday. You know, it can be something that you ease, ease into, you know, kind of be again, compassionate with yourself and patient with yourself, kind of where, where you're at and what is accessible to you right now. I have a question. I just raised my hand because I have a question. How would you, how would, I think something that I hear as you were describing that something that I hear is like, what is rest even like, am I resting if I'm watching Netflix for three hours? Am I resting if I'm on TikTok for three hours? Am I rest? Am I resting if I go get brunch with my friends? Right? Like how, like, how would you answer that question? If people are like, well, what is rest or stillness? Yeah. And I think, 
you know, the, <laughs> the not so direct answer is that it's really different for, it's really different for uh, all different types of people. All people find, you know, comfort in, in different things. So I think that for me, rest or stillness is the absence of the pressure for this activity to have an objective measurable result. So if, you know, if, if it is watching Netflix or binging through something or, or TikTok, or like you said, brunch with your friends or spending some time alone or going on, you know, a, a walk down by the water somewhere or being out in nature or whatever that might look like, reading a book, listening to a podcast, you know, as, as long as, and this isn't, you know, this is again, just my off the cuff kind of definition of it, but as, as long as there isn't like an end goal that you're trying to reach or that there's a measurement of productivity, you know, kind of within this task, then I think it would fall within that category or that realm of, of rest, of stillness, of a feeling of settlement. Like in that space, you're feeling settled, you're feeling grounded, you're feeling connected, you're not feeling up in the air, you're not up in your head, you're not worrying a million miles a minute. You know, you just, you have this space for still. I love that so much. Yeah. And I, I think you made such a good point that it's different for everyone. So for some people that may be, you know, doing things with people, doing fun things yeah. with friends, with no objective for other people that may be reading quietly at a park or on your couch with a cup of tea or, and I think just creating that space, like we've been talking about where you're exploring what that to you. And that could be your first step, right? It's like, what does rest mean for me? Like, what are the things that genuinely feel restorative, grounding, nourishing to me? Um, and that is a great place to start. And if you're starting there and you feel like you should already know, no, that's okay. Like <laughs> we change and we grow and what was nourishing to you maybe a couple years ago, or even a couple months ago, could be different. And that's the power of creating these quiet spaces and this intentionality and this stillness so that you're asking yourself these questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks for letting me, thanks for letting me interrupt you. Sorry. No, 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 of course. Um, uh, and then, I, I mean, another thing for me, I, a curiosity is such a big thing in, in kind of all of, all of the work that I do. And so if, if you're finding some sort of resistance or, or pull to kind of get out of that state, or there is some significant discomfort, you know, kind of just getting curious around what, what's going on there. So, you know, the, the biggest kind of hindrance to starting to set a, a, a pattern of, of stillness and rest for yourself is this, like you said, this, I'm not doing it right. Or, you know, I, I can't, you know, it's too uncomfortable for me, or I can't sit in it for long enough. Or, you know, I mean, I, I guess just that phrase, I'm not doing it right, you know, kind of just keeps repeating over and over again in my mind. And so if for some reason, something's coming up for you in that moment, or you're finding some sort of resistance, you're finding this really difficult, that is not the space or time to, you know, to, to criticize oneself or to put judgment or, or anything like that. That's the time to get curious about, okay, well, what's, what's coming up for me right now? You know, what, what is this stillness kind of, you know, igniting inside of me or what thoughts and feelings do I feel in, in this stillness that maybe, quite frankly, I'm avoiding or distracting from with all of the busyness, you know, all, all throughout the day. So curiosity is a big part of, of the process as, as well. Um, 
you know, and, and again, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a tool. It's, it's something that we're learning. So, you know, we, we can, we can self teach, we can do research on it. We can figure out that type of stuff, but you could always also have a, a teacher or a guide or a therapist or someone, you know, who's willing to kind of share in that space with you and explore, you know, some of those deeper things that might be, you know, that might be coming up for you. And when you find yourself in stillness, that can be a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good reminder just because yeah, as we're creating that quiet and as we're tuning in and asking ourselves, like, why does this feel so difficult, right? Like, like what's coming up for me that can bring up a lot. And so, yeah, having that support can be so helpful. Um, okay. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. For everything that you shared, if you could share like one last tidbit, one last little nugget with our listeners today, what do you think it would be? Hmm. I think it would be, I think it would be that I would just want everyone to know that they're doing fine. You're doing fine. You're doing great. It's okay. You know, any additional kind of pressure that you're putting on yourself, you know, even with this topic, if it's bringing up any sense of, you know, anxiety or stress of like, shit, that's one more thing I have to learn, or that's one more thing I have to do. Or if if that's kind of, you know, what's coming up for you right now, please just know that you're okay and you're fine and you're doing a great job managing some really heavy stuff. I think that would, I think that's like my, my mic drop moment. Like it's, it's okay. We're all okay. And we're going to be fine. Yeah. And I think we need those reminders. So thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Hey, sweet friend. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you headed down and hit that share button. Send this to a friend who you know would love this episode. And if you haven't already left a rating or a review, if you could head down and take just a minute to do that, it would mean so much to me. Not only does it fill up my cup to know what you are loving about the show and to see how it's serving you, but it also allows me to see what specific topics you're enjoying so that I can create more episodes that you are going to love. And leaving a rating and review also helps us reach more women. So if you head down, it'll take you just a minute and I would appreciate it so, so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this community. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.